This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, Louie and Allison Ochoa talk about the corporal works of mercy for mommy and daddy. Do we have to go outside our homes to practice the corporal works of mercy? Can our children be taught? How do we get to make the corporal works of mercy second nature? Well, let's find out. Louie and Allison are being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Ken Billinger. Louie and Allison Ochoa have been married for 14 years, have three children, ages 4 to 10. Louie is a special accounts representative at Golden Plains Credit Union. Allison is the adjunct professor at Fort Hayes State University, a freelance journalist and a professional volunteer. One of her volunteer's jobs is being a member of the board of directors here at Divine Mercy Radio. Louie is in studio. Allison is joining us by phone this uh, this afternoon. So welcome in to Louie and Allison, uh, welcome to you as well. And we're glad you're here today. Give us a quick refresher on what the corporal works of mercy are. And I don't know who wants to go first, but um, should, we, should we have Louie go first, Allison? If he wants to, that's fine. Okay, we'll okay. do that. All right, thank you. Well, I'm just going to kind of go through those. Um, first, we have feeding the hungry, giving drink to the thirsty, sheltering the homeless, clothing the naked, visiting the sick, visiting the imprisoned, and burying the dead. Those are kind of our works of mercy. All right, so a little refresher on the corporal works of mercy today. So, um, and I guess Allison, we can maybe jump to you here. We we the, the title of the talk today is corporal works of mercy for mommy and daddy. What exactly are those corporal works of mercy for mommy and daddy? Sure. Well, we actually borrowed this title from a book by Dr. Greg and Lisa Popcheck, and they have their Mortal Life show every morning at nine here on Divine Mercy Radio. But um, that is the title of a book that they wrote here a few years ago. It's called The Corporal Works of Mommy and Daddy Too. And it came about because their family was talking about the corporal works of mercy, and one of their kids said, well, Mom, you do that kind of stuff all the time. It should be the corporal works of Mommy. Um, And so they were talking about how those Um, the different ways in which parents meet the physical needs of their children or um, of the people living within their house. And obviously, you know, you have the seven corporal works, you have the seven spiritual works. Um, But when it comes to those corporal works, it's how we put those into practice in our daily life as parents. And I don't care if you have itty-bitty ones, you know, like younger than four or five, or if you have, you know, teenagers or grown children, I think that these lessons are, are really good for anybody to to try to call to mind and, and put into practice within their family. And it's a lot of things that we do normally every day. We may just not put a, a label to them or put the title corporal works of mercy to those actions. But in essence, it's just, you know, how are we meeting the needs of our kids and how are we meeting the needs of our of our family members? can parents incorporate these ideas into their own domestic churches? Hmm. Well, we picked a few. We, we don't have time to go through all, all seven of them, but um, ones that we chose that we wanted to talk about today was um, feeding the hungry. Um, we kind of felt that, you know, at mealtimes you can use that time to, to teach life lessons. Also use mealtimes to nourish the soul. Um, we've got a bunch of daily traditions that we do when we have mealtime. Of course, the best part we like is, you know, talking about our day. You know, what were the best part of our day? What do we enjoy about our day? And then also sharing things that we're thankful for. 
um, you know, not only for the kids, it's also good for Alice and I to, to kind of sit there and think about what you're happy for and what you, you know you appreciate in mm-hmm. life. It was kind of a lesson for myself, too. A couple of days ago, you know, we're kind of all doing the daily grind with the COVID thing, you know, and going to work. And um, there's a lot of people out there that aren't working right now. And um, I remember leaving the house and, you know, I had to go to work. And, you know, as I'm sitting in the car, starting the car up, I sat there and I thought, wow, I get to go to work today. You know, that's something that I get to do. A lot of people are at home that are wondering if they get to go back to work, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, am I going to have a job when this is all over? And I, I told the kids that night when we were at the table, I said, you guys, I'm really thankful that I have a job that I'm able to still provide for you guys. And so it's not only good for them, you know, it's, it's also good for us, too. Sure. I think that's a great point. Allison, did you have some to add to that? Yeah, well, I mean, as any parent knows, and I don't care if you come from a single parent household or a, you know, a mom and dad where the mom and dad are together, that kind of a household, but feeding the hungry, especially with young kids, seems like a never-ending chore. So I think that most parents can readily identify with this particular corporal work of mercy, and it's, you know, a matter of not only making good, healthy food available, but Louie and I were talking about this in preparation for this um, interview, and I said, you know, how... How joyful is it? You know, our kids Our kids get so much joy out of the few times that we've been able to, like, order pizza during this time of pandemic when we're all sticking closer to home and we're not eating out and, and things like that. And just, um, you know, so even just feeding their soul and, and having some of those comfort-type foods available every so often. It doesn't have to be the healthiest food, but, you know, um, in general, it's just about nourishing their bodies as well as their minds and their, and their souls all within the confines of of, of mealtime. And you can make that a special time three times a day. You know, um, a lot of families are only able to get together for meals maybe one time a day. But, you know, do what you can to make those types of meetings, you know, coming together. Um, do what you can to make those those situations special. And, you know, just pulling pulling to the forefront of your mind, you know, something that is that everybody can kind of share and that they can really make that that time um, a time of growth, both spiritually and, and physically. What's, what's the next one? What we, we, got, we got visit the sick. You know, kids are counting on you to take care of their needs. Um, don't make them feel like they're an inconvenience or a burden, but respond lovingly and show them they are valuable. Um, <laughs> this is one of those deals we put in here, and it may it take 10 Band-Aids of the day. It means the world. You know, Andrew's always getting little paper cuts or cuts on his finger, and he's always saying, Dad, Band-Aid. And so we're like, I just gave you a Band-Aid. So, you know, get a Band-Aid on it. And he's like, Dad, my hand. And I think the kid thinks Band-Aids cure all, you know. But, uh, you know, you're sitting there on the couch and you're maybe watching TV or something like that. And it's just something like that comes around. And you're kind of like, oh, this is like the third one today. And you just you get up and you take care of them. Because this little book right here that you know, we were talking about earlier, I, I read some of this stuff. And it really made me think about, you know, sometimes you do kind of like, oh, you sigh when you have to do something like that. But it really think like they're counting on you. They're looking up to you to take care of them. You're there to protect them and, and keep them healthy and keep them safe. So, hmm. All right. Allison, you want to add to that? No, I mean, doing um, visiting the sick, it's obviously, you know, you're not necessarily going out of your house to visit the sick, but, um, you know, making sure that you're checking on kids. And I think it's something that parents all just kind of, or hopefully all just sort of naturally do in terms of, you know, checking on kids when they're not feeling good and making sure that they have something that comforts them. And I, I go back to that. I think it's Mother Teresa's quote about little acts, or maybe it's St. Therese of Lisieux. You know, little acts done with great love is, is really kind of, you know, sums this particular act of mercy up, I think. Um, shelter the homeless. 
what are you doing in your home to make it safe haven for your kids? Make it in, uh, in spite of the stuff they encounter out in the world. You know, using your daily needs of the family to grow together, like gardening, yard work, cleaning up the house. You know, everyone has a job to make the whole work um, more impactful. Things that we do, we, we know we planted a garden, so we work together to plant the garden. So a little bit of that. I don't know if Allison has anything to add to that. Allison, yeah. Have- sometimes it's, yeah, sometimes it's just a matter of working together to pick up, you know, like, for example, in our house, our living room. <laughs> it's like a tornado went through it by the end of the day. So... <laughs> You know, trying to get everybody to work together to pick up their part, you know, the, the toys that are strung around or the books that are strung around and, and you know, just make it a, a more comforting place to live. And I know that especially as kids are spending more time at home right now, that a lot of times this may seem like an insurmountable challenge for some families or they feel like, oh, my gosh, at the end of the day, that's the last thing I want to do is clean up. But, you know, part of sheltering the homeless is just making it a comfortable place for people to want to return to or making it a comfortable place for kids to be able to relax and be able to find that, like Louis said, that safe haven. And, you know, when the kids, as they go out into the world, whether it's, you know, going to school and, and being around different influences at school or maybe it's going out to their jobs or whatever the case might be, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of influences and a lot of things that, that are thrown at them every day. And so making home just a, a comfortable place, a place where they feel comfortable coming home to and they find relaxation and they find relief in coming home, that's a big part of it. So the last one we wanted to just hit on of the seven was clothing the naked. And um, I kind of actually find this a little bit funny. I don't know if anybody, I think most of you might be familiar with the name Noelle Garcia. She's a, a speaker and a songwriter and a musician who's visited the diocese a few times. But um, she had a shirt printed that said something about, um, my home is my mission territory. I clothe the naked and feed the hungry all day long. And she and her husband are expecting um, another baby, but I think it's going to be like their sixth, fifth or sixth. Um, but I always thought that was so funny because especially, and I mean, I don't want to say that the dads don't carry the burden of laundry, but I feel like a lot of times the mom gets the disproportionate amount of laundry doing <laughs> responsibilities. Um, so, I mean, and I shouldn't say that for everybody because I know Louie does a lot of the laundry in our house. But, you know, clothing the naked, it it goes beyond just the amount of laundry that you have to do every day. But it's things like teaching your kids the dignity of their bodies. It's things like helping people diaper their babies and, you know, just making sure that that their bodies are not only in their outward appearance, but in, in how our kids behave and in how they relate to others. And it's teaching them to um, hold those things up in a dignified manner and how to protect that dignity. So that that's part of what goes into clothing the naked in addition to the physical clothing that we put on our bodies. But it's also things like taking a bit of pride in your appearance and not looking totally sloppy. And, and I, I don't know, I, again, I find some of these a little funny in our current situation. For example, we had um, pajama day. Our, our kids go to Holy Family Elementary, and so this last Wednesday was pajama day. And, you know, so there are days that are allowed for things like that where we don't, you know, we don't necessarily wear what we would wear out in, in a professional setting. And, and it's sometimes kind of nice and kind of a, um, a relief to have those days every so often. But it's still a matter of how we, you know, how, how we go about just, just projecting that image of dignity and holding that, that concept of dignity within ourselves. 
outside as you as you start you know your kids start getting older it's it's a lot about how they relate to other people so how do they relate to their friends um and as a parent you know how do you help them establish good friendships with other people how do you help them establish healthy relationships either friendships or as they get older you know dating or courting relationships um and it's trying to teach them that you're looking out for the best in others and you're looking at what they can do to uphold the best in others and then you know obviously how that carries out through their words and their actions and and all of those things uh louis do you do you have any more you wanted to add to that (laughs) that allison was talking about yeah when she talked about clothing the naked i I just think about my my children sometimes my smallest one will have like one red sandal on and one green sandal on and and sometimes we've kind of lost a little bit of the manners because we haven't been out in public for a while because we've been inside (laughs) and i felt like i told my kids i said guys eventually this is going to be over we got to go about it in public again Again, you got to have your manners. You got to, you know, <laughs> act with a little respect because it, they feel like they've just been like in a cave for a while, so they've kind of like gone caveman on us. But uh, I said it's all going to go back to normal, so we got to get those manners back. <laughs> caveman kids, yeah, I right? Know. <laughs> Crazy. All right. Well, we're talking about the corporal works of mercy for mommy and daddy uh, without Louis and Allison Ochoa. Uh, did we hit the ones you wanted to talk about? Because again, we've got plenty of time. I don't know if you want to delve into any of the others or if you prep those others. So, uh, but. We we talked a little bit about, um, well, let's see here. Um, we had talked about, you know, people that are homebound, your older people that can't get out because of the COVID-19 and, and you know, what thinking about them and praying for them. And um, her grandmother, of course, is, is at home. And um, we've done some things to go visit, and the kids have made her pictures and stuff, and we've taken some food to her and things like that. So that's where we kind of get the whole with the visiting in prison because there's a lot of those homebound people that haven't gone anywhere or done right. anything because they can't. They're, they're afraid of getting the right. virus. So Well, just like you said, you know, we're like my grandma, she, she, I mean, she has her routine, you know, and every day she watches the mass on EWTN and she, or she does the rosary first and then she watches the mass and, um, and you know that you're not supposed to call her between 1030 and noon because she's, she's busy with her prayers and with her mass. Um, so, you know, it's things like that, but, these corporate works of mommy and daddy, and it's not just, you know, how we treat the, the people within our home, but but teaching our kids, like Louie said, to go out and, and to identify those needs that other people have. So, yeah, there's definitely some, some of that that goes into visiting the imprisoned. Another element of it, though, you know, when we talk about the imprisoned within our house and how um, many times, especially with younger children and the discipline issue, you know, how do you, how do you react or how do you discipline a child, you know, when they've made a mistake? And so, like, I, I don't want to, people to think it's like a prison within your own home, but, you know, we send our kids to timeout or we send our kids to their room to think about what they've done, and especially if it's a, you know, an especially egregious error or whatever. But, um, you know, going after they've had some time to think about it, and hopefully this is one area, and I, I really have, after Donetta was asking Louie and I about doing this interview, um, I found it to be kind of a blessing because I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to remember to do some more, you know, do these things more often or make sure that I am, make sure that I am aware of how I'm reacting to things. And so, you know, it's, I know for myself, kind of a, just a check on my, on the way I react to things. And, um, you know, am I going overboard with my reaction to something? You know, is it something that I could have handled in a, in a better way? And then after I've had time to cool down, approaching that child in, the, you know, what we, I guess you could um, consider some sort of a, a jail in a sense, you know, if they're kind of 
sent to their room for however, you know, for a period of time. But, um, you know, visiting that child in their room and sitting there and, and talking to them and doing so in a merciful manner. And I think, you know, this time we've just celebrated divine mercy and talking about how, you know, the, the vastness of Jesus' mercy and just... I mean, it's like it's it's bottomless, it's endless, and so I think just taking a taking that as our example and saying, you know, how am I going to project mercy in this situation to my child, and how am I going to handle this with mercy while still, you know, helping them experience those natural consequences that happen when we make a mistake? But it's also about maybe teaching them responsibility, and that's that's a big. You know, that's a big deal, especially as they grow older. And I think we've all heard or seen examples or situations where people have, adult people, um, have a very difficult time accepting responsibility and how challenging that is to the other people around them when they don't take responsibility. So I think that's kind of where this visiting the imprisoned, you know, when we learn those lessons at a young age or when we as parents are able to teach those lessons at a young age. And and believe me, I am not an expert in this. I'm just telling you what I, from my own experience, and Louie and I were both talking about how we are not perfect parents by any stretch of the imagination, but it's good to recall these, these works of mercy because it helps us improve our, not only our behavior, but our relationship with our kids. We're talking with Louie and Allison Ochoa on the corporal works of mommy and daddy. We and now you have three children, ages four to ten. So four, ten, and what's the age of the, the middle child? Yeah, four, eight, and eleven. Four, four, eight, and eleven. Okay, so yeah, so yeah, so um, yeah, I can imagine with uh, that spread, age spread, that some of the challenges that you face as well. How can parents incorporate these ideas into their own domestic churches? What are some ideas you can share with listeners there? Well, I think we've kind of covered some of those in just mm-hmm. in just ways that practical ways in terms of checking our own attitudes and behaviors, treating our kids with value and not treating them as a burden or an inconvenience, and just basically doing all of those little acts with a great deal of love. And so how the other thing is what effect and I think this is such an important question here. What effect does it have on children when parents are leading examples of giving and doing for others? I think this is a, uh, I've seen families that do such a great job with this, uh, but the entire family is involved. So share your thoughts here on that. Yeah, okay, well, I guess uh, I should have directed. Yeah, <laughs> Louie, go ahead and, and start. <laughs> um, I want to take a little bit of of the leading examples, and then I'll get into giving and doing for others. I think, to me, a leading example would be with, and again, I go to the COVID-19, because this has actually taught me a lot about myself and my family, is that, you know, with this going on, and we haven't had mass in quite a while, I'm going to almost say almost close to two months, and um, at our church at St. Joe's, we're able to have mass in a parking lot where you stay in your vehicle and go to mass. And I told my kids, I go, this is historic. I mean, this is something that you'll remember for the rest of your life, that you're going to Mass in your vehicle in a parking lot, and you see, you know, Father Ryan, Father Ryan up there, you know, doing Mass. And I said, um, this this is amazing. I told them that uh, I was making, we were making an effort to go to Mass, you know. And I wanted to make that, you know, to them that it was very important to get to Mass any way you can. And for us to get in a car and go there and do it, it was, it was, it was amazing. It was even, you know, amazing to me. Yeah. Allison, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, that's been a big thing for us, and just seeing 
that we are making the effort, not that other people aren't, because, I mean, that parking lot is full. But, um, you know, I think when it comes to, to your particular question, Ken, you know, when you, what effect does it have on these kids? I think they see that when you make the effort to do these little things or when you're making an effort to, um, you know, to feed your kids and, and parents, a lot of parents out there are sacrificing so they can feed their kids, um, whether it's sacrificing food for themselves or whether it's working longer hours or extra jobs or whatever the case might be just so they can put food on the table and, and you know, put a, a roof over the kids' head. I, I think that in the long run, they that will have a very positive effect. I also think it gives kids a sense of pride. And I'm not talking pride as in arrogance, but pride as in, you know, I see the impact that my mom and dad or my mom or dad are making in that person's life or in this group's life or in the life of the community. And and so I think just seeing them walk that walk will, or having them see you walk that walk, will give them something that they'll want to imitate either as they, you know, live out their daily lives or later on when they have families of their own. I also think that one of, you know, we're all called to live the gospel. And I think, Ken, I think that was actually one of the trivia questions from earlier today when we talk about living out the gospel. And and I think putting these corporal works of mercy into action in whatever form that may take, I think that it gives, you know, it, it gives kids the sense that it doesn't have to be this huge grand gesture. It doesn't have to be a public gesture where hundreds of people see what you're doing. Um, you know, it can be small. It can be something that affects only one other person. But if you have a positive effect on one other person and your kids understand or see that kind of impact that you make on them, you know, I think that that has a huge impact later on or in the long run. Um, and it also, you know, it helps us build character when we don't necessarily do things because there's a spotlight shining on us when we do them um, or, you know, we're not getting recognition for doing them. I think that's a big thing, too, teaching ourselves and, t- and reminding ourselves of, of humility and teaching our kids to have a sense of humility. I think that um, is something that really, it, it's kind of resonated with me, too, especially since we've had children, you know. Um, I know that, and I was talking to a friend just the other day, or maybe, Louie, I don't know, maybe it was you and I were talking, I can't remember, but where I said that, you know, I know that in a lot of areas in my life, pride is, you know, one of my biggest challenges because I think I'm right, or I know I'm right, or I know I can do this really well, or whatever the case is. But it's like, oh my gosh, since I have had kids, I mean, since Louie and I have had kids, I know that on multiple occasions, um, I've been handed a good dose of humility, and it's it's brought you down a few notches, and, and I think that's that's something that's needed. Um, I know I need it all the time, so <laughs> I don't know. But I, I think that um, teaching that lesson of humility and, and building character when kids see that you don't necessarily need to be recognized, I think that that's, that's a really, that's going to have a really big impact. Mm. I think that's an excellent point. Thank you for sharing that. We need to take a short break right now, but stay tuned to Divine Mercy Radio. We'll be right back with more about the corporal works of mercy for Mommy and Daddy with Louie and Allison Ochoa. We're back on One Body, Stewarding God's Creation. Louie and Allison Ochoa. The Corporal Works of Mercy for Mommy and Daddy. Ken Billinger conducts the interview. 
We're talking with Louie and Allison Ochoa. The corporal works of mommy and daddy is the topic today. We're still in this period of staying home or at least closer to home because of the coronavirus pandemic. Are there any other ways families can live out these corporal works of mercy? Maybe offer some suggestions to our listeners there. And, and Louie, if you want to start, go ahead. Sure, sure. Um, take advantage of this time you have together. I know it's been a trying time. You know, kids are staying home more. You know, it's you come. I come home and Allison's like, whew, long day. And I said, yeah, I mean, you've been home with them all day. You know, you have to remember, too, that they haven't been anywhere. They haven't seen their friends, you know, haven't done any activities, any kind of entertainment. So it, it's tough. You know, I have to understand that, you know, they've been there. I've gone to work and I've seen other people and, you know, talk to adults, as mm-hmm. Allison says. I didn't get a chance to talk to adults <laughs> yeah. today. I just talked to small children. Right. But yeah. take advantage of this time together. I've done things with my kids that I haven't done in a while because, you know, they're, they're, they see me get through that door and they just want to do something with dad. You know, whether it be play with Legos, play, you know, with the Nerf guns or just watch TV or look what I did today. Um, they they want to and they want to hear about my day, too. I know it's not a lot of exciting a lot of times, but they just want to hear about my day and know what I'm doing. So it, it's a great time for families mm-hmm. to really get together and, and do those things, you know, that you haven't done in a while. Sure. Allison, your thoughts there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that any parent who's trying to work from home um, while also trying to keep up with the needs of their kids, any parent who has children in school who are, you know, the parents are now um, trying to help enforce the, the learning that's going on in a virtual environment. You know, I know the teachers, especially those teachers who are trying to teach their classes and then also take care of their own children, their own families. Um, you know, I, I just, I don't know, kudos to all of you who teach and who are doing such an amazing job in such a you know crazy time this is definitely not what you expected the year to be that's not what any of us expected the year to be but um i'm just i'm amazed at how well our just the 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 amount of things that our teachers are doing and and just you know they're checking in on their students while also trying to take care of their families so that's just amazing and I think in a way that that, too, is, is showing that corporal work of mercy of visiting the imprisoned. I mean, all of us, in a sense, are kind of captive in our houses to some extent. Um, you know, so that makes a big difference. But as far as, you know, what we can, other things we can do while we're trying to live through this, these stay-at-home orders are things like, you know, praying with your kids. I mean, first and foremost, I guess I would suggest, and this is something that Louie and I have had to do as we prepared for this for this interview was look up the corporal works of mercy remind yourself about what they are pray about them and you know think about how from a distance how you can help others or or help others within your family and within the confines of your home maybe just think of those acts of kindness and i know for i believe mrs wentling taught i didn't get to hear her whole her whole um presentation yesterday but i know that at holy family you know acts of kindness were things that took the place of our normal race for education fundraiser Mm -hmm. and so these kids were putting these acts of kindness kind of at the forefront of their mind and like how can i help other people i know that there's a lot of families just i don't know if if it's like this all over town but i know within our holy family community the holy family elementary community you know we've had a ton of babies born this year to our our families and you know so think about those people i know that within your own home if you have a a new baby maybe it's a matter of of asking your kids or teaching your kids to you know think about 
the, the needs of mommy, you know, <laughs> as she's as she's feeding the baby, or you know, is it a matter of you know, mommy, can I bring you a drink of water while you're feeding the baby, or you know, if if your family doesn't have a new baby, think about some of those families who have, and maybe, um, you know, if you're healthy, you could make them a meal and take it to them and drop it off on their porch, or you know, feed the hungry in terms of giving, sending them a gift card, sending them a gift card to eat out where they can use it at their convenience. You know, praying for those people. We talk about burying the dead, and I know that's sometimes a difficult concept for kids to grasp. But, uh, you know, praying for the people who have died because of the of the COVID-19 and how, um, you know, we just teaching kids to pray them. You know, we talk a lot about purgatory um, toward the, the fall. We don't necessarily think about purgatory or, or hear about purgatory a lot at other times of the year, unless it is in terms of a, a funeral or whatnot. But, you know, explaining to kids that we pray for the person's soul and we pray um, that God will have mercy on them at their time of death um, and that they will, you know, their families will find comfort in, in Jesus's mercy. So, I mean, there's a lot of things I think that you can do in terms of teaching your kids to live out the corporal works of mercy. And it may take some creativity and it may take, especially if we're, we're trying to live those out from a socially acceptable distance. Um, but, it, you know, so it might take a little bit of creativity, but it's definitely doable. Let's talk about some of the things you've done with your family and what your children's reaction has been. And, Louie, I'll let you start if you want to, so, since Allison just fin- finished up. But what are some of the things you've done family-wise? Family-wise. And what the kids have reacted, how they've reacted. reacted. I know with Allison, we're, we're kind of going clothing uh, the naked. Um, our daughter's picked out some dress-up clothes and toys um, for um, friends of ours that she no longer you know, wears or plays with. And I think she's gotten a lot of joy of doing that. You know, It's stuff that she's outgrown. And she kind of felt that, you know, this is something that somebody else could enjoy like I did and play dress a lot of tutus and little girly stuff, you know, mm-hmm. things like that that she wanted to give to somebody else. And, you know, other people have done that for us, too. So you kind of pay it forward, you know, yeah. let somebody else enjoy something that seems new to them. Sure, sure. Allison, any any thoughts there? Yeah, well, going along with what we've um, thought about clothing the naked, I know that at Holy Family, the kids every December have something called Mary's Baby Shower. And so Nathan and Gianna, our two oldest ones who are in school there, um, they get very excited about that event where they get to take diapers or wipes to donate. You know, I think they send them over to Catholic Charities, and um, now we have a diaper closet at St. Joe's along with the food pantry. But I think, you know, just knowing that there are babies out there that, that they can help, even if it's, you know, not necessarily their money, but um, but just the, the simple act of taking diapers or wipes, you know, that's big to them because they know that they're helping a little baby who may not have the things that they have and may not have access to the diapers that um, you know, other people, other people are able to afford. All right, we're talking with Allison and Louie Ochoa this afternoon. The Corporal Works of Mommy and Daddy is the topic, and uh, we uh, want to look at it, maybe the long-term effects here. What do you think some of the long-term effects of exhibiting these Corporal Works of Mercy within our families will do? Obviously, it's got to have a positive effect, but uh, Louie, what, what would you like to share there? Well, you just hope with all these things that the, the kids will follow in your footsteps. And like you said, you're trying to lead by example. So your kids, you know, will take what they learn from you. And, and, and when they have their own families, do the same. Um, I know with Nathan, you know, with kind of feeding the hungry, we were involved in a Cub Scout pack that's at Holy Family. And we do uh, collect food drive, you know, cans and stuff for trick-or-treat so others can eat. And I, I don't think sometimes our kids even realize they're even sometimes doing a corporal works of mercy, you know, feeding the hungry, going out and collecting cans so others can eat because you're fortunate enough you have enough food to eat. But there's some people out there 
that don't. Mm -hmm. And so helping those individuals out. All right. Allison, how about you? I agree with everything Louie just said. Uh, I think, think too, that it's hopefully, you know, like I said at the beginning, a lot of times we do these things just because it's something that we do and we don't necessarily put a label to them like, oh, yes, I'm doing a corporal work of mercy right now. You know, and so I think that probably is the best thing we can do is get, is practice these enough, not that they become habits so much, but just that, it becomes second nature to do these types of things, you know, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, visit the imprisoned, all of these things, making it second nature so it's it's a constant in our lives. And again, you don't necessarily have to label it, but sometimes it is good to remind ourselves that this is what our faith teaches and this is what our faith encourages us to do and desires of us to do um, as we're all working toward, you know, sainthood eventually, we hope. But, you know, I, I think, too, that just having the kids feel that experience that reaction of oh yeah you know i remember going out with my cub scout pack and we collected all this food for people who aren't as fortunate as we are you know it may be things like i mean long-term effects you know as as we grow older we think back and we have our memories about how we how things were as we were growing up or how my kids I don't know, Louie and I are only in our forties, but our kids are always talking about the olden days with us. Like <laughs> our lives were black and white at some point, I don't know. But um they you know, so I think in terms of as as we age and as we go back to those memories, you know, what it was like when they were taking treats to their great grandma and, and you know, taking those to her which she's got a tremendous sweet tooth. So, you know, any time that the kids were able to, to have a hand in making something and taking it to other people or, um, you know, even things like, uh, like when we were talking about the canned food drive and I know the kids at Holy Family have done the food drive and, and it's kind of a competition between some classes. And I know at TMP, there's a competition between some classes when it comes to the, the food drives, but you know, those are the types of things that those are the memories that they make. And so long-term they're like, you know, we had fun, but we were, we were making an impact. We were helping people who needed those supplies. And so I think just being that living example to others and helping our kids develop that desire um, to help others and to look outside themselves because, you know, once I think that's our hope, I would, I guess, I mean, I don't know, I believe our oldest is 11. So I haven't gotten to the point yet where I can say, hey, you know, um, you know, ask him all these, these kind of wider perspective questions. But I think it, it does come back to seeing how all of these little things can add up to make this huge impact, even um, even if you don't see it firsthand. You know, we may not see the person who picks up the food that, were, that was donated, but we know we had a hand in feeding somebody. We know, um, we may not know the person, the family that comes to get the diapers, but we had a hand in making things a little bit easier for them. So I think just keeping those, the lessons and the, and the, the meaning behind these these works of mercy. I think keeping those and teaching our kids to keep those, you know, at least the concept of them in their heads um, as they grow up, I think that that'll make a, a big impact long term. And, uh, guys, we still have a little bit of time left. I guess I might ask you as far as, and maybe you've touched on some of these throughout the talk this afternoon, but, you know, we get into situations, this is an unprecedented situation, obviously, uh, with this pandemic, uh, but uh, maybe some positives or some takeaways that you've noticed within your family 
that have happened just because of uh, this. And again, I, I know you probably touched on some of the, through the talk, but anything that comes to mind, and I, Allison, do you anything that you'd like to share there? Yeah, um, I stay home. I work from home um, in general. You know, it makes it easier when during this time where everybody's supposed to be staying closer to home. But um, just in the normal scheme of things, I do work from home. And so I have Andrew, our youngest, with me all the time. He's not yet in preschool. He'll start that in the fall. But I know that when school got canceled back in March, you know, initially it was, we're not going to have school this week because the governor is, you know, wanting everybody to stay closer to home. And then a couple of days later, it's like, boom, (laughs) you know, our school year, as we know, it has ended. And we're going to be doing, using a different model to, to finish out the rest of the year. But all of a sudden he had his brother and sister home with him all the time. And so I think just one not necessarily eye-opening thing, but just a source of comfort to me is just how well all three of them have gotten along. You know, he's he's around Nathan and Gianna in the evenings, and they play together in the evenings or on the weekends, you know, when Nathan and Gianna are home all day. But And uh, Louis commented on this, too, about just how well they've played together. And, I mean, yes, I, he comes up, Louis comes home, and there are days where I'm just like, oh, my goodness, take care. You know, it's your turn. It's like, you know, you're tag teaming, and it's, it's his turn to, to get into the ring with everybody. But overall, I just that has been a big takeaway for me is the fact that they have looked out so well for each other. And I don't know, if Louis, if you want to comment on anything like that or other things that you've seen. <laughs> It's definitely made him closer. You know, um, Andrew, our smallest one, gets along with Gianna pretty well. But um, we saw Nathan and Andrew together watching a video, and I, I, I blew, it blew me away. I had to, you know, tell us, hey, take a look at this. They're both watching something without fighting. <laughs> I was like, wow, they finally kind of came to terms, hey, we need to get along because we're, you're trying to ride this thing out, you know. And that, that, that made me really happy to see that. And I think they've also become, I don't know about anybody else's kids, but from our perspective, I know that Nathan, our oldest, is like he has really asked a lot of questions. And and this is something that Louie and I, you know, we never expected to to try to have to explain this to our kids. It's something that we don't necessarily at the beginning couldn't even really grasp ourselves as, you know, to what was going on and the magnitude of everything. But um I know for myself, just trying to, it's kind of like, I don't know, <laughs> Louie knows how, how freaked out by tornadoes I used to be. Uh, so before we had kids, and, and actually as I was growing up, like it, I was so stressed out during tornado season, I would make myself physically ill. It was bad. Um, and I was the first one in the basement when the tornado warning came across the screen and everything like that. But as we've had kids now, you know, you have to think about them and how, your reaction affects how they're going to react to the situation. And so I think just my perspective is, you know, I know I've I've changed as a mom in terms of how I react to news and how I, how I kind of, I don't know what the word is for it. I guess just, you know, how Louie and I both approach a situation and how we want to be very clear with the kids that they're safe. And, and I think that that, that, concept of just being safe with my mom and dad and being safe at home they really i've been other than a few times every week (laughs) where you know we complain about not being able to have a play date or not being able to to see our friends or to go places they really have taken this in good stride i mean louie i don't know what you think but i i'm just amazed at how well they've kind of taken this and i think you know, I know that, that it helps me as a mom, but it also is, is kind of reformulating how I approach things. 
Yeah, I, I think they really adapted. I mean, at first, the first couple of weeks, you know, the kids were just, you know, didn't know what was going on, how are things coming, you know, about. And I think right now they've adapted to this kind of lifestyle forever. And I told them it's not forever. You know, eventually everything will go back to normal. It's just going to take some time. And, um, and they've really, yeah. they've enjoyed, I mean, I think you've seen it too with the kids, you know, where they really, they are able to use, and thank God for the technology that we have. I know that it can be a, a source of a great pain for a lot of people at times, but I mean, it can be a huge blessing like it's been during this, this time where we're able to use FaceTime and Zoom meetings where they're able to connect with their classmates and they're able to FaceTime with their grandma. And then my great grandma has this, this tablet thing that we're able to, to face well, kind of a FaceTime program with her. And so, you know, they, they can talk to their great grandma too. And, you know, at 90, 92, almost 93 years old, learning technology like FaceTime or a similar program, you know, that's, that's a big deal. So being able to, to talk to their 92 year old great grandma has been um, a real source of comfort, I think for all of us, but also just keeping, keeping tabs on grandma and making sure she's okay and making sure that she's, you know, being checked in on and, and that kind of thing. I, I don't know. I think the kids have kind of embraced that, even though they ask why we can't go and see her, they sort of understand it now. At the beginning, it was hard to get to grasp, but they understand it now. And, and we're able to use the technology available to, to keep in touch with those people. Well, guys, we appreciate your time this afternoon. We just have a minute or so left. Any final thoughts that you want to share before you uh, take off? I, I don't know if Louie has anything, but I'll just say, you know, when we talk about this stuff, we are most definitely not perfect parents um, by any stretch of the imagination. And we have our moments, and there are some days where we're like, oh, yeah, we're rocking this parenthood thing. <laughs> and then there are other days where we feel like we're falling apart. Or I don't know, Louie, maybe that's just me. But um, <laughs> I think it's just... Could, you know, having Donetta ask us to, to tackle this particular topic from a parent's perspective in, in terms of the overall theme of the week um, has given us food for thought. And, and it's also allowed us to maybe label some of those things that we do and say, oh, yeah, we actually are doing these things or we need to do better at doing other things. So I personally, I mean, Louie can add his thoughts, but I'm, I'm just thankful for the opportunity and know that there are times i know george Tillman this morning talked about you know how he was an apologist without virtue for a while and and i think that parents too you know we're we were we're sometimes like that and, and sometimes we have to really remind ourselves of those virtues and you know it's we may fail and we fail in a lot of ways but our goal ultimately is to get ourselves and our spouses and our kids to heaven and so that's the goal and we just have to keep reminding ourselves of that every day all right, very good. Louie, any final thoughts? No, or did she just, say it all? You know, parents, I know it's tough out there right now. Just um, trust in the Lord and, and have faith. You know, we'll get through this. Thank you guys so much for joining us, sir. Thanks to Louie and Alice Hachoa talking about the corporal works of, for mommy and daddy. Thanks for tuning in to One Body Stewarding God's Creation on Divine Mercy Radio. Folks, eternity is not seen, but neither are these airwaves. If you want to help save souls for eternity with God, then please go to dvmercy.com and click on Donate, where your donation will be seen and appreciated. You're listening to Divine Mercy Radio 101.7 KJDM Salina and Lindsberg, 88.1 KBDM Hayes, and 88.1 KRTT Grape Band. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. One body. 
Let's create.